Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Views from Up Here. I'm your host, Taylor, aka Mother Hen, and as always, you are listening to us on the magnificent Fourth Wall Pop Network. So I feel like I haven't done an update for you guys in a while. Last week's episode with Amanda was obviously great, but I didn't do a typical intro, and we had a week or two before that where we were just on a hiatus. Um, But with that being said, I don't have a whole lot to update you guys on. I'm recording this intro after we recorded the body of this week's episode. Um, In fact, this week's episode was recorded while Bryce and I were in quarantine, so it's a couple of weeks old. But um, as of right now, January 13th, when you guys are listening to this, I'm recording this like almost midnight on the 12th. Um, Not a whole lot is going on. I did just get back from another visit, um, seeing Bryce. I had come home after quarantine for a couple of days and went back down because I just couldn't stay away. Um, no, actually, I went down because his friends invited us out to lunch slash dinner, um, and I hadn't had a chance to meet these friends yet, so I said, of course, I'll come right back down. Um, and I, of course, extended my stay because I love being there. So I went down Saturday night, and I just came home today on Wednesday. Um, Things are magnificent. He is amazing. No complaints whatsoever. Um, I do, however, want to report, because some of you who listen to this don't necessarily follow my personal Instagram or maybe scroll through it mindlessly, um, so you wouldn't have seen this part, but after lunch with his friends, we actually went to the shooting range, and it was my first time ever shooting a gun. Um, I will quote him directly and say I did pretty damn good, um, but I obviously have a lot to learn. I need to find a gun that I'm comfortable with, um, I need to practice my grip, and I just need to shoot more often. So I hope that we can make our way back to the range soon so I can try out other guns. Um, For the most part, I think I shot 9mm Glocks between compact and subcompact, if that means anything to anyone listening. Um, But it was a lot of fun. And I think whether I move to Maryland or not, whether I choose to conceal carry or not when I get my license, whatever the case may be, I still think this is a valuable skill to have and to learn. And of course, I'm super grateful that my partner wants to walk me through the process and hence the patience to do so. Um, It's something that my dad and I wanted to experience together when I was younger because he did have um, a lot of guns, a lot of which were my grandpa's. So it would have been sentimental to do it then. Um, But we never got around to it mostly because my mom did not approve. Um, So here I am now at 28 years old, finally getting around to doing it. And it was pretty exciting. So that's, I guess, my main update. Uh, Work is still going well, but I am coming up on the end of my um, employment there because my boss will return from her maternity leave the first week in April. So I have a decision to make. I have to start looking for other jobs and I don't know if I'm going to be looking for them in Jersey or Maryland, to be honest. Um, Realistically, a fully remote position would be ideal because then it doesn't matter where I live or am going to live because it'll be remote and I can do it from wherever. But I don't know how realistic that is. And obviously things are ever changing with this stupid Omicron variant. So 
we'll see what happens. Um, but I am still very much enjoying my job. I'm enjoying my relationship. I'm enjoying all of the time in between. Sort of, kind of. Being in Jersey is great because I obviously have my people here. But whenever I text Bryce that I returned from like visiting him safely, like, oh, let me know when you get there safe. I never text him and say, I'm home. I just say, I'm back or I made it here okay. Um, because it doesn't feel like home. I mean, obviously nothing's changed. My mom's here. My dog's here. I love it here. But um, I'm starting to get comfortable with him. Very comfortable. I feel like I'm part of his space, which he's made me feel comfortable and welcome from the start, but I didn't allow myself to really welcome it. Um, and now I finally am because when I show up, I immediately like go to do the dishes or make the bed or put my stuff in the nightstand drawer. Like I, things are becoming routine and not the boring kind of routine, the, the good, comfortable, warm, fuzzy kind. Um, so whenever I get back from seeing him, I never text him and say that I'm home. I don't know if he notices it. Obviously he's going to listen to this episode and hear it, but Um, I use my word choice specifically because his place is not my home. And we talk about that a little bit in this episode, but it feels like home. He feels like home, I guess, to be more specific. Um, And that's mushy. And I think I'll leave it at that. But this episode's really good. Um, A couple disclaimers. We were recording this in his apartment, which has a lot of windows and his apartment is directly on the street. So there might be some background noise, um, and I would do my best to remove the noise, but honestly, our audio would get too jumbled if I tried to touch it. So if you hear trains or wind, too bad. Fucking deal with it. Um, I also may not sound the most enthused. I think he sounds great, so I can't speak for him, but I in playing this back and editing it, realized that I sound a little monotone. Um, And it's because we started recording this at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night while we were still recovering from COVID. Um, So not the best conditions overall, but I really did enjoy this. Um, But we're playing a card game called Let's Get Deep. We bought it from Target. Um, We did curbside. They just threw it in the back of his truck. We didn't have any contact with anybody. Um, but it's fun. There's really no rules. It's just a stack of three different kinds of questions. And we asked each other the questions, but that's pretty much it. Um, there's some silly ones, some serious ones, but generally speaking, um, you guys can get to know us a little bit better as individuals and as a couple. But also if you want to listen to this episode with your significant other, Now would be a good time to pause and get them from the other room or resume when you get home from work. Wherever you're listening to this, stop it and play along with us. Um, We read the question out loud and then one or both of us answers it. So you guys can pause the episode and see how your partner answers and laugh, compare your answers to ours, whatever you want to do. But it could be a fun interactive episode that way. And yeah, here it is. I hope you guys enjoy it. Okay, so we have the three categories, icebreaker, deep, and deeper. I say we just do a few icebreakers, and then we'll go from there. Sounds good to me. Okay. 
the instructions did say that the first person to go, like if you were playing with a bigger group, is the person who last sent a text to their significant other. And I think I've responded to your text while you're out at Costco tonight. So I go first. Sounds fair. Okay. <laughs> so the first icebreaker question is, what's your favorite holiday? Well, it's probably going to be Halloween. Okay. Yeah. I figured. I So I'm like obviously going to try to guess what your answers are before oh, I ask okay. you these questions. But I can pause. No, 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 no. You don't have to pause. I already thought of it as soon as I read it. And my guess was Halloween. So I'm glad I was right. Got it. Trying to put you on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Did you have pets growing up? If so, what kind? Okay. Yes, I did. Not many, though. So I had... Um, my dad attempted to buy a fish tank and put some fish in it, but the employee at the pet store didn't tell him, like, certain amount of fish per gallons and all that shit, so we got a lot of fish for a small tank, and unfortunately, they all ended up dying within, like, two weeks. Um, I had a beagle when I was really young that he rescued from, like, a friend of his at work, but I think the guy, like, beat the dog, so, like, it tried to, like, snap at me while I, while it was eating one day. So my dad gave it to, and this, I know this sounds like a lie, but I confirmed it. He gave it to a friend that had a lot of land, like a farm, and he lived happily ever after. Bryce is looking at me right now like that's an absolute lie. Yeah, he lived a very, very long, short life. (laughs) I don't want to think about that. Um, And then I had Harley, who I got when we first moved to Tom's River, um, and I had him till he was a little over six, um, and then we had to put him down because he ran into just some health complications. So a few here and there, probably not as many as most people. And I would ask you, but you literally grew up on a farm, so I don't know if we would count those as pets, but you were surrounded by a lot of animals, right? Yeah, there yeah. were uh, more than I could count and definitely more than I could name. Okay, fair. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask at least one more icebreaker. Um, okay, this is funny because we are both just getting over COVID, so this kind of has something to do with it. Um, lose your sense of touch or your sense of smell. Why? Mm, definitely sense of smell. Really? Yeah. Touch is way too important to me. Well, I don't even... It, maybe this sounds stupid of me, but like, what would losing your sense of touch feel like? <laughs> or not feel like? The complete absence of feeling. <laughs> so like... Your only relationship with physical physical space and contact would be through your eyes at that point. Oh, wow. You'd only know you're touching something by looking and seeing yourself touch it. So would your hands and feet like your entire, feel numb? All of your skin would no longer oh. have sensation. Okay. That's and what that... I'm saying. I, I can give up smell. In yeah. fact, in a lot of ways, it's a win. <laughs> I was going to say, at first, I was surprised because you're a foodie and obviously like a good chunk of enjoying food is also smelling it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that you've broken down what losing your sense of touch would be like i'm not about that i don't want that at all all right shower in the morning or at night i feel like you could probably answer this for me you should know how i feel about this um i'm definitely a shower at night person i feel like while i've been here i just shower willy-nilly like whenever it happens or whenever i need to (laughs) um but I definitely prefer to shower at night because showers make me sleepy, and that makes sense. 
That's what about you? Do you have a preference? Uh, mine is mostly based around need. So a lot of things, like if I'm working outside for the day, usually I like to start fresh every mm-hmm. day, but it's more of a question of whether I shower again at night. Okay. In the summertime, I may take three showers a day. It just depends on controlling my temperature, if I'm working outside, if I'm working in the sun. How ripe your ass is. <laughs> Got it. No, that makes sense. I feel like I've seen that being here too, mm-hmm. but um, there are certain people who like, refuse to shower like at night like they have to be a morning shower and i just i don't get that i think doing it based on need makes sense yeah all right ready to get deep i don't know i usually ask you that question (laughs) all right moving up all right so the first deep question is what's something you appreciate about your life right now that you may not have here we go now i'm having a stroke What's something you appreciate about your life right now that you may not have 10 years from now? Mm. Um, it's funny because really, realistically, like with my work life, there's very little certainty around what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but it's very clear what I have to do. So knowing that I wake up tomorrow and I have to deal with a set series of circumstances um, is something relatively novel. And I think that 10 years from now... I'm going to have a lot more freedom and a lot more opportunity, but with that comes much more of an ebb and flow of the the variety of life and what will be demanded of me at a given time. So I think right now the structure of my occupation is something that I can bank on, and in some ways that's kind of nice. Okay. Um, But that's definitely not something I foresee into the future. Sure. That makes sense. All right. Describe your most peaceful place, real or imaginary, and use your five senses to describe what would be there. Oh, wow. You can read that again if you need yeah, to. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to. Um, so my most peaceful place. Hmm. Okay. So I would say my most peaceful place is in my Aunt Nancy's backyard, which for those of you who haven't been listening, is my aunt that lives like three miles up the road from where I'm living now um, with my mom. And I think it's just because it holds so many good memories. Like there are a lot of places from my childhood that hold memories, but they're not all great now. Um, And I don't recall really having any bad ones there. So if I'm describing it using my five senses, um, sight would be wide open. She's got a lot of land, but not a whole lot on it. So... That's how I would describe it as far as sight goes. Um, Other senses. Smell. Fresh cut grass. Absolutely. Um, Touch. I'd probably have to say hard. And I don't know if that's like the best descriptor for it. But like the first thing I think of when I think of her backyard and like my happy memories attached to it are like these nuts that grow on the one tree in her backyard. And my dad and I would always pluck them down and break them open and put them in a plastic container for the deer and the shells I just remember being really hard Um, so we have sight, smell, touch taste honestly her chili dip which is like the cheapest and like would sound like the grossest thing to some people but she puts cream cheese in like a glass like casserole dish tops it with like Hormel chili and then puts shredded cheese on top and heats it up in like the microwave or the oven um, and it's just so good but that's 
definitely my sense of taste when I'm there. And what am I missing? Sound, right? Um, definitely sounds of crickets. Because we'd always camp out in the backyard when we were younger. And even honestly, even inside, because there's not a whole lot of noise happening up there, like that is all you ever hear are the crickets. So that's my most peaceful place. It's a good one. Thanks. Um, I want to ask you, because I know you're going to have a good answer, but I'm sure I have some inkling as to what it would be. So here, if you need the card to answer it. I'm good. Okay. What's your answer? So for me, it would be going back to when I was about probably 10 years old. I had a horse named Dakota. She was a wild born Mustang that we, I want to say rescued, because uh, mm-hmm. it was after her, she, she'd already been bred out. Um before I bought her um, but I used to sneak out of the house in the middle of the night in the summertime and I'd walk down to the paddock where she'd stay with a couple of the other horses and she'd come up to greet me I'd always have Starburst <laughs> was her favorite treat so we'll go ahead and call that the smell because I generally didn't eat them they were just for her um, but uh, it's probably the only relevant taste while we're at it So, <laughs> but I used to jump on her back from the fence and ride her bear back out to the middle of the paddock. And then I'd jump off. She'd lay down, and I'd lay my back out over her stomach and stare up at the stars. So the sight would be a wide open sky. And the smell would be usually not fresh cut grass, but the smell of grass, the smell of the horse and her mane. Um, the touch was the feeling of the grass underneath me her back her warmth um luckily she didn't smell too terrible we took good care of her <laughs> um let's see and i think you covered it all yeah you that's said taste of pretty the much starburst. everything yeah the starburst out of the pocket so fun yeah. fact just now at 28 and three quarters years years old i didn't know when you said you would ride a horse bareback that it meant like the horse, because I'm assuming it means the horse doesn't have like a saddle yeah, or anything no on saddle, it. Yeah, there's no saddle, no blanket. Yeah, I thought it meant the person was naked. <laughs> <laughs> I 100% thought that until right I'm now. I'm not going to say that I've never, but it's not a common occurrence. <laughs> Wait, you've ridden a horse naked before? Yeah, <laughs> I did most things naked as a child. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. My very own Tommy Pickles. Um, all right, we'll stick with Jeep for now. We're not going to move on yet. What was your favorite meal growing up and why? Ooh. Probably my mom's Italian wedding soup, which still to this day is one of my favorite things that she makes. Um, and it's evolved over the years, but that's, yeah, that's hands down the favorite. I honestly don't think I've ever had it homemade, so now I'm really even more excited to try it. Well, we already know that you're going to be making the uh, meatballs for it. Yes, I made some while I was here, and (laughs) they got the sign of approval. Um, All right, your turn. Cool. (laughs) Why do I feel like this is going to be a list? (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't shut the fuck up, maybe. (laughs) Is there anyone in your life that you are glad that you're no longer in contact with? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely going to be a list, but I'll save most people the trouble. Um, Honestly, anyone who isn't in my life anymore, I'm grateful for the fact that they're, if they were meant to be in my life, then they would have. Does that make sense? So like, yeah, every single one of them, I'm happy they're not. 
Um, more particularly, some of the shittier partners that I've had. That's probably the list that first came to mind when you read that question. Um, I don't have a lot of f people that I thought were great friends that are no longer in my life. There are a small handful. Um, and like I just said, I'm happy they're not in my life anymore because they obviously weren't in it for the right reasons if they didn't stick around. Um, one or two family members, too, I suppose. I'm not going to name any because I know a lot of my family listens to this and Lord knows my podcast has already stirred up enough drama. I don't need to stir up more. But yeah, there are a few family members that I don't see as often um, and I'd like to keep it that way. Maybe even less frequency, but yeah. I'll leave it at that. That's fair. Um, how about you? Yeah. Um, let's see. Family members, colleagues, uh, co-creators, previous partners. There are very few people that I've moved on from that I I miss. Mm. Like, I, I have fond memories with people, but I'm it's very clear to me why I've moved on and that it was a necessary path to take. Yeah. And that's, you know, all across family, friends, colleagues. So, yeah, also a list. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's not worth the time to write it down. No, definitely not. And I, I, I think that's a good point, just saying, like, you can have fond memories with someone, but that person doesn't need to be in your life anymore. And they don't even have to be a good person to have enjoyed those memories. It's just a, a time and a place in your life that was nice, and now it's past. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's stick with deep. We're only 15-ish minutes in, so we have time. Uh, was there ever a time when you liked someone and they didn't like you back? This feels very juvenile, but I'm curious. Has there, I guess we can maybe like tweak it a little bit. Has there been someone that you actively tried to pursue that didn't maybe reciprocate? Um, Not just a schoolyard crush. Let me think. It's funny because when you do ask that question, it's it's like very relevant to my earlier life mm -hmm. uh, more recently no I don't chase um, I I embody myself I occupy my time and I attract so no there hasn't been anyone recently I and feel like when you sit when you say like I attract like I know what you mean because like obviously I'm here <laughs> but it sounds very like no I'm like I'm the shit and people come oh, God, to me no not that way <laughs> That's no, it's more so it. I just, I don't waste the energy. Uh, I'm, it's very clear to me what uh, a positive connection is. Sure. And if something is not that, I put utterly nothing toward it. Okay. Um, it's, it's much more reactive than proactive. Sure. I mo mostly ask that question, not just for me, but so people <laughs> listening understood. No, that's, that's fair. Um, but no, I, I agree with you there. And I know you didn't ask me, but I definitely have had plenty of moments like that before. <laughs> Um, and I don't know. I learned from it, so I'm grateful. There's no one I sit here and say, like, oh, I really wish that could have worked out. If yeah. I did, that'd be pretty fucked up. The one that got away kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I had one up until you came along. I'm not going to lie. There was one where I was like, oh, my God, if I had the opportunity again, this would be amazing. I truly think they were the one. And then when you meet the one, you realize, no, I'm good. Well, I hope Thanks. you introduce me to him someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might have to do that. <laughs> All right, your turn again. Are you more confident or do you second guess yourself often? 
laughing. Did you, did you guys hear him laughing through that question? Because he knows the answer already. Honestly, most of you probably know it. Um, yeah, I'm not confident at all. I second guess almost everything I do. I shouldn't say I'm not confident at all. Because there are things I'm confident in. Um, but I do find that even if I think I know the answer, like I'm 99.9% sure, I'm still going to ask or I'm still going to question it because I don't know there hasn't been a whole lot of predictability in my life things have gone awry very quickly or out of nowhere and it's not to say that like my life was terrible like I haven't had a whole whole lot of horrible things happen to me but the few things that I did feel like I was doing with certainty um, that didn't work out have really kind of shaken my confidence in life So yeah, not the most confident person, um, and not to stroke your ego any more than it's already been stroked, but you are giving me a little bit more confidence each time we're together, and uh, I'm definitely recognizing that, and hopefully you are too, despite your little chuckle when you read the question. <laughs> You're doing some really girl, really good big girl stuff. Yeah. And uh, I like seeing that develop. Wait, well, like, what big girl stuff? What does that mean? (laughs) I was a big girl before I got here. (laughs) No, well, I mean, one thing I'm noticing is that you're really stepping into not just the relationship with me, but the relationship with yourself as it pertains to being with me Mm. and how you've created that space, held that intention. Uh, We've gone through a few things together that have definitely taken patience. They've taken investment. They've taken uh, a sense of openness, and you've come through clean with all of those. Okay. So, big girl stuff. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Next question. Have you ever been visited by a loved one in a dream? Describe it. Oh, wow. That's going to be tough to narrow down. Yes, often. I don't know if they mean one that has passed or one that's, like, currently with us. Um, I feel like that's a strange question to ask if it's someone who's alive. I want to read the card. I feel like that might give me some context clues. That's exactly how I read it. Yeah, I think think they might be inferring the afterlife. Um, Yeah, uh, so I have... I have an interesting relationship with my dreams. Uh, usually they vacate my memory fairly quickly, but there have been a few that stick. The one that gets me is um, my grandfathers both passed away the year I was born. Uh, one was about a month before my birth, one was three months after. So I didn't get to cultivate a real relationship with either of them, and all I have are stories. But the interesting thing to me is that I'll oftentimes be in a dream state and I'll look around myself and I'll see one of them. I don't know what their voices sound like. I don't know how they behave, but I can see their smiles. And that's something that I've noticed in a dream. If I'm in in an odd space, like my father's father has shown up before and I can just see his smile. I've also seen his scowl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's interesting that that's the only real space they can take up in my experience because I don't have a relationship with their sound. I don't have a relationship with how they held themselves. I've just seen pictures of them. Mm. Um, So that's how they've represented themselves to me. But there's absolutely a feeling about them when they arrive in the dream. And that's something that's interesting to think about. Okay. Does that happen often? No. No. Just here and there? Yeah. Dreams very rarely have people that I know in them, if people at all. Okay. Fun fact. I don't know if we've talked about this or if you knew it. Um, 
all of the faces in your dreams, even if you think that they're strangers, they are of people that you've seen before. Your brain is incapable of showing you an image that isn't already familiar to you. You may not recognize it in the moment, but like the face of, I don't know, the person that you're fighting when the world comes to an end in one of your dreams, because I'm sure that's a regular occurrence for you. Um, you've seen that person somewhere. Oh, I'm aware. I see Danny DeVito everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be serious. but That's what you get. <laughs> yeah, that is what I get. Um, I kind of want to jump back to an icebreaker real Let's quick, because I have a feeling like we can have fun with these. Um, hmm. Describe your perfect dinner. Ooh, I don't know. The sandwiches I just made were pretty killer. They were. They were really good. <laughs> so for those of you at home, it was uh, it was a sliced pot roast uh, sautéed in Worcestershire and uh, seared over a cast iron skillet, which Taylor's mom got me for Christmas, which has been <laughs> awesome. Um, and then... Uh, those were shuffled in with some sliced yellow onion, and we melted this cheese that I picked out at random. It's a blend between brie and gorgonzola, and that was melted over top on, what type of roll was that? Ciabatta? No, it was actually, I think it was just like a French loaf that we got from Target when we bought this game. Um, but yeah, it wasn't ciabatta. Gotcha. I, I don't know what kind of bread it was. It had the same like consistency of it. But it had this great texture and flavor. And uh, it all came together really well. Yeah, that cheese was pretty fucking great. <laughs> I didn't think I'd like it as much as I did. But it was really good. It's good by itself, but it was good on the sandwich, too. Um, okay, so are you describing that as your perfect dinner, or do you have something else in mind? So it's hard for me to say what a perfect dinner is, because even the way I cook is so flexible and organic. Uh, that's a terrible fucking word to use. Um, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I don't see food as something like, I, I don't have a, re a relationship with recipes or things like that. Food is dynamic to me. So to say a perfect dinner, it's less about the food itself and more the experience of the food and who I'm sharing it with that makes it a perfect dinner. Okay. Do you have like a default meal that like you really enjoy that either you make for yourself frequently I, or like if you go out to a restaurant you'd order i get so much shit for this but i love making soup <laughs> soup is my favorite he, food he really is a big soup person <laughs> and it's so funny too because my ex sam absolutely hated soup and i i enjoy it very much i probably don't like it as much as you but i enjoy it and i've wanted to make it pretty often when we were together but he like legit wouldn't eat it and I know you can store it and freeze it and do all this shit with it so, like, you can make it last, but I just didn't see the point in making it if I was going to be the only one who ate it. Um, but you really do. You like soup a lot. There's a beef stew going in the Instant Pot right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> there almost always is. I feel like at least, like, once a month, if not more, you'd probably do it. Um, okay. Fair enough. Um, do you want to pick an icebreaker or another one? No, I want to fuck it all up and go for the deepest. Okay. <laughs> it's called deeper, but it's fine. Go ahead. Um, have you ever done drugs? Which ones? <laughs> okay, we personally have had this conversation together, and I'm sure I've addressed it on the podcast, but um, I do not do drugs. I, well, I've, I've obviously smoked weed, and I do eat edibles um, on the rare occasion, but I've literally never tried anything else. I do believe I have been drugged once or twice, which I've also addressed on here. So if we want to count that, sure, but I've never 
tried anything else at my own volition. Um, I feel like I would like to try something psychedelic. I don't know if I want to try shrooms or what have you, but if there's a right time and place and with someone that I trust, um, that might be something I would be interested in. But anything else, um, I'm good. Just high off of life. <laughs> I sound like a complete loser. Um, and I know your answer to this question already, so you don't have to speak on it if you don't want to. No, it's okay. I've had um, I've had a storied experience, and um, some of my my most memorable were hallucinogenic or entheogenic compounds. Um, I enjoy things that accentuate life and give me a deeper understanding of why I see the world the way that I do and how to add a little color here and there. But I've been largely sober for the last two and a half, three years. I've even curtailed my drinking. Uh, I don't smoke cannabis anymore. Once in a while, I'll smoke a uh, CBD hemp product. But mostly, I just enjoy the clarity that comes with my day-to-day life, and I try to continue building that. And that's, um, that's just what works for me. Yeah, I mean... It sounds really cheesy, but, like, when I said high off life, like, that's essentially kind of what you're saying is, like, you're just trying to make your day-to-day life the best that it can be so that you don't need other things. But I do like that you specify, like, if you were to take, like, hallucinogenic drugs or what have you, it's to enhance, not necessarily escape, which a lot of people turn to substances for. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm still going back to an icebreaker. <laughs> Uh, what is a song that makes you happy? Ooh, how to pick just one? I know that is a tough one. Um. <laughs> All right, this is horribly cheesy, but so I recently went to uh, the final show of Ring of Honor, the um, the wrestling company. Uh, a good friend of mine is involved in their production and got us tickets. And I went and I had to pick the hype song for everyone in the car as we were like getting there. And there was really no better choice than Ba with the Ba by yes. Kid Rock. <laughs> I think we've talked about songs that get us hype before, and I told you that was one of mine. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, he doesn't remember. Like, uh, it's so weird. He listens, and I know he hears me. And. I have proof that he hears me, but it's some of the most random shit. There's other things that, like, a significant other should remember that he absolutely does not. So I promise you guys he likes me. (laughs) We are in a relationship despite how his memory may make it seem. (laughs) Um, That's a good one, though. Well, since you just answered it the same way. But what's a song that gets you hyped? Um, I see... The question is happy. Happy and hype are totally different for me. Um, I would say hype, it might honestly be like a rap song. I'm thinking like either Going Bad or like Philadelphia or something. I don't know. Meek Mill just brings out a different part of me. Um, but also like Ba With The Ba or Dragula. Gotta love some Rob Zombie. It was a good one. Um, but happy. There's a song called Slip by Anise. I don't know if a lot of people have listened to. I think it's just one person that's a man. Um, I think he literally has like a small handful of songs on Spotify. But um, 
I stumbled across this song and it's just like so cheerful. He's literally talking about this woman, how amazing she is and not even, like, I honestly don't even know if he addresses like her physical appearance at all in the song, but just like saying that her heart and how much she cares for people is something that he finds really endearing for her. And it's an uplifting song. Like it's got like a fun little beat to it. Um, but whenever that song comes on or if I need to feel more happy, that's the song that I put on. So I would say to answer the question specifically, Slip by Anise. Okay. Um, all right. I guess I'll go deeper. <sighs> what is a moment you get nostalgic about and why? Hmm. Good question. I feel like some of these take longer to think about than most podcasts would have people pause. So if you need me to stop while you think. No, it's okay. So there, um, I lived in the Florida Keys um, for a few years, the, basically the second half of my high school time and the year that followed. And uh, while I was there, we went through uh, a bunch of hurricanes, but one of the most damaging was Hurricane Wilma. Um, so I lived near Marathon Key, and there was this community that um, was basically the closest we had to a suburb on the islands and it was behind the uh, marathon airport this community was where nearly all of the kids would go trick-or-treating every year because it was safe it was structured it was off the beaten path there wasn't a lot of traffic um and that year that neighborhood was submerged in seven feet of floodwaters nearly everything was destroyed and we spent months school closed down we tried to uh, clear everything out and rebuild. It was this huge, horrendous experience and devastating for so many families. And um, that was in, I believe, August of that year. It was probably 2005. Um, and in October, we were still in the process of rebuilding. Now, my family didn't live there. My best friend, who actually now lives down the hall from me up here in Baltimore, I brought him up. Uh, his family was deeply affected by it. And um, what I did is through an organization I was a part of in high school called the, uh, it was the Junior Rotary Club called Interact. And I started this um, event. It was at the Crane Point Hammock and Marathon. And this was something they'd done in years past. They did this little Halloween event. But what I pushed to do was to create a multi-mile trick-or-treat down the trail of this preserve. Um, and I got donations from all the big box stores up on the mainland to donate candy. And what we effectively did was we were able to open it up to all the communities of the Keys and make it free for the children to come through and have a trick-or-treat experience uh, despite everything that happened in that town. It took me hours and hours of that month driving back and forth from the mainland and setting things up. I uh, brought a whole volunteer team together through the group. We had something like 65 volunteers and it was something that I will never be able to live down as a positive effect I was able to have and I came from a place of strength and privilege to be able to make that happen and I often forget about it and people tell me that I did it and I have to remind myself that there's a whole facet of my life that I just it doesn't click until someone brings it up that's really sweet I didn't know that yeah Wayne reminded me last week <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks Wayne I appreciate that um, but see, I guess that's why this game is good, because it brings stuff up like this. Like, that's a super sweet thing that I wouldn't have thought, what, 16, 17-year-old you was capable of. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
full of surprises. Mm-hmm. That you are. Um, your turn. My okay. turn. Okay. Yep. We'll, we'll go back to the uh, icebreakers. Okay. What's your favorite band or musical artist? Mm. <laughs> um, tie between The Used and A Day to Remember. I have to say, though, I think A Day to Remember held the first spot for a really long time. Um, their recent album has made me rethink that, but also the fact that The Used brought me here to Baltimore um, has probably made them a little bit more special to me. But yeah, it's a close race between those two. How about you? Because mm. I don't think I know this about you. I know bands or musical groups that you enjoy. So my favorite group that I like to experience, especially in, in like in a live setting, mm-hmm. um, would be... Oof. Hilo, there, and I'm bad at this. I'm I'm terrible at um, like different types of music and labeling them. I want to say they're like a Germanic folk music. It's uh, it's a very deep Nordic inspired. It, it's it's like a ritual on stage, and it's a, a deep connective experience. Very emotive, um, and it connects with something in me. It's what I love to listen to when I'm paddling, when I'm out on the water. Um, it's what I listened to that night that I went kayaking in the dark in February in a snowstorm. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's very very true to me, and I don't even understand the language they're singing in. Okay, it's special. Yeah. Um, what about? No, you said like, well, no, I guess because at first you started off by saying like that you enjoy seeing perform and like the whole experience, but it sounds like you enjoy listening to them just yeah. as much the same outside of like a stadium or something yeah the, the thing I will say is that their music is something that I, I have to be in the right state of mind for it's mm-hmm. an experience and it's not necessarily something I'm just going to throw on while I'm on my way to get groceries though I do reach that state of mind on my way to certain grocery stores okay so especially only like, certain ones well I mean on my way to Costco today to prepare for what I th- think may be a you know a great and terrible storm uh, I, I'm ready for anything sure. <laughs> okay that's fair all right, I am also going to choose an icebreaker again. Uh, what is your favorite thing to do in the summer? I like to burn shit. <laughs> I like to build really big structures and burn them to the ground. <laughs> Legitimately, like bonfires or okay. Wait, things like that. Like, I'm not going to go build a hospital. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what it sounded like. I'm just going to go build this shed real quick and then burn it. No. Okay, so you like to have fires. Well, yeah, when you put it like that, it sounds pretty fucking boring. No! I, but also saying I like to burn structures sounds illegal. So we just need to find somewhere in between. You like to have large, uh, extravagant bonfires i don't know how to make it sound less boring and less illegal <laughs> fire <laughs> was that a beavis and butthead i don't fucking know <laughs> like it. um okay i think that's a good answer you could really do that whenever but there's nothing like a good fire in the summer it's already hot as shit so at that point it's just yeah. like everything melts <laughs> but it's also like to warm up a cool summer night because sometimes mm-hmm. they get a little chilly all right, pick one. Go to the middle. Okay. What's your favorite thing to do during your time off or weekend? Mm. Good question. Um, 
I'd like to say spend time with you, but I do that whether I'm working or not. <laughs> um, no, I enjoy crafting, and I know that's a cheesy answer, and it's very broad because um, I don't have a specific craft that I hone my skills in on. I just do a variety of things, but um, probably like drawing or painting, I guess, if I had to get more specific. I don't do it enough. Um, usually in my spare time, I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. I want to sleep or I just want to binge a show or I want to scroll on TikTok. But if I'm really trying to make the most out of my time, creating something. What about you? Mm, I like to experience quiet. Either in a natural realm or just tuning out on my own. Uh, stillness, quiet, silence, just checking out is amazing. Because I'm very engaged in my day-to-day -day life. And that rest and recuperation is important. If you guys haven't figured it out, he doesn't get much quiet when I'm here. So even though he says, I'm welcome to stay as long as I want, and he never wants me to leave, I know there's a very small part of him that's going to enjoy when my trap is not flopping on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, Alright, I'm going to go deeper. What is something you need advice on right now? Oh. Hmm. So I'm in a very interesting place, both professionally and personally, where I am working to displace a lot of the societal, sorry, societal structures that have created power imbalances around housing and access to housing and creative space. It's part of what I do for my work is to basically bring this concept of cityscape architecture, industrial housing, and make it accessible while also maintaining some form of a profitable enterprise. And it's a struggle. Um, I have these ideas around what this space is capable of. I am also constantly hearing from regulatory agencies as to what their expectations are over the space. And then I'm trying to wrestle with that while also connecting with the people that value it and also the people that are trying to hold it hostage. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, as far as I'm aware, no one that has been through what I'm going through and can offer me said advice. So if there's anyone out there in the ether listening to this, <laughs> my ears are open. <laughs> but that's something I could really use some input on because otherwise I'm just going to keep going at it the way that I have been and we'll see where we end up. Yeah. Um... I think, I mean, I like that you actually admitted you need advice on something because I'm not going to lie, when I read that, I thought you were going to be like, Psh, I'm good. I don't need anything. <laughs> so I'm happy that you mentioned that. Um, but it, honestly, like, I mean, I only see a small sliver of it, whatever you let me see or whatever I just so happen to be exposed to. And it seems really fucking difficult. Um, even if somebody has been through it, their solution may not work for you in this area and exactly what you're going through. But... Um, some guidance and some experience is better than nothing so maybe we'll get lucky and this episode will produce that but at the very least um, putting it out there in the universe that you're willing to accept help and want to make it better not just want to get by is uh, is good it'll get you somewhere your turn okay. what's something you get competitive over hmm a good question. Crash Bandicoot. 
I wish that honestly they only have like one game that you can actually be competitive with other people on and it's a racing game so I am competitive when I play that but the first thing that comes to mind I just want to say knowledge but that just sounds so lame and like you've proven me wrong a lot over these last couple of days so I'm feeling a little defeated in that category but I'll be more specific and say movie trivia very competitive about movie trivia and I don't claim to know everything but um, I do like to try to prove that I do know a lot and I enjoy it I enjoy holding that knowledge and learning more Um, so I am definitely competitive about movie trivia well your prowess is uncontested in this household yes (laughs) I have no competition when it comes to you I can barely (laughs) remember the fucking name of the thing while we're watching it (laughs) it's so true you're like, oh, I, we started like several shows together over the last month. And I'm like, oh, we got to finish whatever. I think I think I actually mentioned The Good Lord Bird. And he's like, ah, what is that? And I'm like, we watch like four it's episodes. It's John Brown show. <laughs> yeah, I have to get more, uh, more basic with the details. Um, all right, I'm going back to an icebreaker. Is it better to be a kid or an adult? Oof. Alright, so this is a very biased question. I had a fucking awesome childhood. Mm. So I'm definitely going to say it was better to be a child. That being said, I can't connect that with everyone else's experience. But like I mentioned before, I grew up on a horse farm. We had all sorts of animals. I had tons of space. I had a shit ton of responsibility for a child. But that aside, it was an amazing way to like grow as a person and have that connection to the ground you grew up on the food that you fed your family like that is something i wished for everyone mm. and unfortunately that's not attainable but fuck is it better than sitting in a box all day working yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> i could see that for sure uh, what do you think um i like the freedoms that come with being an adult although we are tied down with like a lot of responsibility um i think back on things that I wanted for myself as a child like what I wanted to be when I grew up and all of these visions of my future and I'm fully capable of making them happen right now I might be financially strained or what have you or I don't know maybe a little extra depressed one week like it all depends but for the most part anything you want can happen it's just a matter of putting your mind to it and that sounds super cheesy and inspirational poster of me but it's true so I think being an adult is probably better um although i do find that a lot of my comforts a lot of the things that i enjoy doing to I don't, either cheer myself up or bring myself down from a chaotic day are very um childish in nature like the drawing or the painting or the coloring things that i did a lot when i was a kid um certain movies or tv shows i enjoy watching now as an adult that i definitely watched as a kid like Degrassi like no 28 year old should find joy in watching that still but I do um so there are things from my childhood that I enjoy more but generally speaking if I had to choose adulthood's not so bad um all right I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with a nice uh what was the greatest decade for fashion what kind of (laughs) Um, probably going to be about 15 
2000 BC. I'm really into the leopard pelt. Oh not gonna my lie. god, loincloths. <laughs> I should have known you would say something Yeah, just like grit, that. grime, and sticks, baby. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck that. I'm not even going to ask what you think. That's just, that's a weird question. It is weird. All right, who's your go-to person for advice and why? <sighs> Probably Kelsey. Uh, not that either one of us are more experienced than the other, but like we know each other so well that most of my advice is going to be like, Hey, should I do this? Or should I say this to Bryce? Cause I'm not sure if I should or not. Um, no, a lot of the advice is just like day to day random shit. Like, am I overreacting or is this an appropriate reaction? Should I do this or how should I approach this? Um, and we know each other so well that I know she'll be able to see it from where I'm coming from, but also give me an objective opinion. Um, and I value that very much. So I'd say go to her for most of my advice. Um, I did used to go to my dad a lot because that man is full of knowledge and experience. But um, when he doesn't answer your phone calls <laughs> every time you call, that's a problem. Um, but she's definitely my person now. How about you? Um, some of the best advice I've ever gotten from mentors I've had that have since passed on. Um, now I mostly just have sounding boards as opposed to asking for advice because I'm once again I'm in a position that not too many of my peers have been through um, but I have men in my life and women in my life that have perspective and I appreciate that um, Frank is a leasing manager with my company he's in his mid 60s and the man has done a great deal of living and we have completely different perspectives on life but I appreciate the depth of his learning and what he can bring to a conversation but he is way more pacifistic than I am and I approach life with a certain level of aggression that I find healthy <laughs> he begs to differ yeah. but um, he's one of the names that pops out that's sweet doubt Frank will be listening to this but if he did that would probably put a smile on his face maybe one day <laughs> Um, okay, I'm going to have another icebreaker. If you had your own private island, what would you do there? Jesus Christ, this is not a question. Bird shit! No. <laughs> <laughs> we could literally spend a whole episode on what Bryce would do with an island. I, I also want to say I apologize to everyone's ears. I forget that this is a recording device, and it was probably pretty loud. Um, <laughs> it's okay, I'll edit it if need be. So the first thing I would do is claim sovereignty from every group of groupthink, every religion, every government, uh, and I would arm myself accordingly because it wouldn't last for long. <laughs> Fair. Sounds like a reasonable um, first step. And the unfortunate thing with islands is they're very limited in their ecosystems, so trying to produce enough food for myself and anyone else on that island would be the first step, um, and that would be difficult. <laughs> But yeah, trying to create a sustainable ecosystem for myself and those that I wanted to keep there and be able to sustain would be game one. Yeah, I don't think... I mean, I'm assuming I will be there with you. And if I am, I don't think there are like mac and cheese plants that no, we can and have. there will be no fucking prairie dogs either. Shut <laughs> So I was on TikTok earlier today. And honestly, like Bryce's main goal for himself and I guess us our future is to like have a farm land lots of land where we can kind of do things on our own and we'll leave it at that 
So he's talked. He's he sent me TikToks before. Like, here's a cute little goat because I know you like goats. I'll get you one for like our fifth anniversary. Just cute shit like that. So I was on TikTok today, and I follow this prairie dog on TikTok. I don't know the name. I'm terrible with recalling that information, but I could put it in the show notes if need be. And they're just so fucking cute. I've always been obsessed with them for as long as I can remember. I remember going, I think, to the Bronx Zoo on like a school trip when I lived in Jersey City and I came home with a stuffed prairie dog and I had it forever I don't have it anymore unfortunately but I've just always liked them so I turned to him and I said hey when we get this farm that we're talking about can I have prairie dogs and he's like absolutely not unless they serve a purpose that I don't know they're just going to be snacks for Colby and I was so (laughs) upset so I don't think an island well I mean an island could be a really good place for them they will destroy what little soil there is <laughs> Unless it's volcanic, in which case, have at it, guys. Yeah. All right. Well, my alternative was to ask for a fox, and he didn't completely shoot that down. So maybe I'll get a fox. Stay uh, tuned. <laughs> um, okay, that was my question, so you have to pick one. How important is it that you surround yourself with people who have the same political views as you? Well, what a question for the beginning of 2022. Um it's not terribly important because not unfortunately because a lot of my family um are on like they're all over the place they're on polar opposites um i can have diehard democrats and diehard republicans on one side of a family sit at the table and shoot the shit and be fine and have no conflict um so for the sake of saying it's important to surround myself with people that have the same political views that would be impossible as far as my family goes Um, but I do want to surround myself with people who have similar or shared morals because we can separate our morals from our political views. And I don't care what you label yourself as, who you vote for or anything of the sort. Um, I just want you to respect people and their lives and allow people to have rights and, to live their best lives and if you ask me no political party really does that very well um so i want to surround myself with sane and polite and nice individuals um and no particular party lends itself to that specifically i do think now though in the time that we're in um there is a huge divide as far as groups families friends whatever go um and their political affiliations and i think we need to stop that because us being divided is really not going to get us anywhere i think if we all have the same goals um things would be a hell of a lot easier how about you good answer (laughs) um so i I agree with the idea that the politics and ethics have been confused with each other Mm -hmm. Uh, i think that having people who are um in a similar vein of ethics and understanding of a person's sovereignty over their own bodies, over their own choices, and over their, over their own destiny is paramount. Um, I have family members that are politically conservative, some that are politically li- uh, liberal, and I have other family me- members that are completely abstaining from politics. Um, the reality is the ones that respect a person's ability to do what the hell they need to do for themselves are the ones I get along with. Mm-hmm. The ones who tell me I should do something with my body because it aligns with their political sphere, well, um, they're going to have a fun time feeding themselves when that time comes because uh, they'll get no support from me. Good answer. 
I'm glad that we're kind of on the same page there, mm-hmm. which doesn't surprise me, but it's just nice. Alright, um, I ask, right? Yep. Okay. I'm gonna go with deep, somewhere in the middle. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Between us, who's the better cook? Oh, alright, so here's where I draw the line. You are undoubtedly the better baker. If it's something that requires measurement, precision, or following a recipe, following directions in general, that's totally you. <laughs> um, I take everything else. Yeah. I have cooked um, only a small handful of times, and I would say maybe like two out of those three meals were like worthy of a pat on the back. Um, even though you like the meatballs, I feel like the overall meal was not that great. And I did follow a recipe. It just my mind was distracted by other things and it probably wasn't the best recipe. Um, if you ask my family and friends, they would say I'm a pretty good cook. Um, cause I am, but if we're comparing between the two of us, um, I would probably say Bryce is a better one as well. He just like, I don't know. He makes a fucking mess. He's like a tornado in the kitchen. I don't enjoy that, but he just like glides on his feet. Like it's, it's just effortless for him. Um, and honestly, like, your girl likes a good steak, but she can't cook one to save her fucking life. So especially when it comes to, like, taking care of a piece of meat, <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Um, and I, I really don't. Unless it's, like, ground beef, like, I don't like touching red meat because, like, I just know I'm not going to do it justice. So, yeah, I guess generally speaking, you're the better cook, but I'll take... The better baker. That's usually the title that I've been running with, so it's fine. Your turn. <laughs> what scent reminds you of home? Oh. Um. Oh God. I feel like I'm gonna have to look it up. Give me two seconds. I'm googling as we're recording, so you guys know that um, I'm doing this the right way. I also can't talk and type at the same time. Oh, I don't have fucking and connect to Wi-Fi while I was here. Um, name rattle off, babe, some men's deodorant. That's not the Old brand spice? that you use. No, um, it's a green and white container. Oh, Mitchum? No, just Google men's deodorant. I'm working for on me. it. Okay, hang on, guys. Oh, of course, like a bunch of fucking hipster ones Degree. come up. Nope. It's like, is it Schick? Yeah, I know oh, Schick I is know. a... Uh, no. Oh, speed stick. Okay. <laughs> so the set that reminds me of home is the green and white men's speed stick deodorant. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of shocked at how many green and white deodorants there right? are. Right? It seems to be a very common <laughs> packaging. I just had to see it. Um, so the image part of that helped. So yeah, that's the scent that reminds me of home. Um... It's a very strong deodorant, if anyone knows it, but it's the kind that my dad would always use. And like, I don't know when I think of home, even though like we're not together anymore and I don't see my dad nearly as often. um, That's just, that's what I think of. Like home was just wherever I was with my dad doing fun shit. So I would say that's, that's my smell. What about you? Well, it depends on which home. Yeah. Um, Maybe just the concept of home. Is that not everybody registers it that way? But that's how I took it. Um, I have these maple syrup candles that I buy once a year, 
And for me, like, they're a staple in my house. We actually just burned through my last one. That's the can? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I forget the name of the company, but it is a company that makes candles out of the spent maple syrup or the leftover syrup from their little island. And I want to say it's like Nova Scotia or something. Hmm. But it's this one little island. All they make is maple syrup and candles. And I started getting them when I worked at the grocery store years ago. And it's one of my favorite smells for the home. Okay. So. That's a good answer. I like that. Um, that was your question, right? I believe so. Oh, okay. This is more of a prompt than it is a question. It's telling us to take a silly picture together of us while we're playing the game. <laughs> I don't like pictures. But we're going to do it anyway so you guys can listen to the silence or to me saying, Ew, I don't like my face. I like your face. <laughs> Thanks. Is this the, do we have to do a silly one? I mean, everything we do is silly at this true. point. Very true. No flash? You complain about flash <laughs> all the time. <laughs> the one time I don't do flash. <laughs> Why did you do flash? <laughs> do There's... I complain? <laughs> <laughs> you want your flash? There's your flash. It's going to blind the shit up. There's your flash. You okay, like that ends. Do you like it? There it is. That's what you get. That ended up being a silly picture because he made a crazy face and I buried my face in his head. So, all right. We did the prompt. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> it's your turn. Deeper it is. Okay. What is something that you don't think should ever be joked about? And prepare yourself because now I'm going to joke about it. Oh, fuck. Um. Uh, this uh, this is a weird one, and I don't even know if I've gotten into this with my listeners. I'm gonna try not to. Um. I don't think rape is funny. I know people like, especially in the gaming community. I've heard it like with significant others when they've um like play call of duty or whatever like oh my god dude i'm getting raped right now like so crazy like i've heard that and it's all right it's not my favorite term for people to use in terms of like getting destroyed in a video game um but there are i have heard people like make comments or jokes about it in the sense that like it's not something serious to them or not something they take seriously and that's like not cool for me um i'm not the snowflake type that says you can't joke about anything like that's not true um have i heard a joke or two about it that like i might have like smirked or chuckled at probably not maybe there will be one eventually um but that's a subject that i think should kind of just be left alone and the reason why i said this isn't something that i've gotten into with my listeners before is because obviously i've been very open about some situations that i've been in but also um, I talk a lot about sex and kinks and all those crazy things, and I'm aware that there is a subset of um, sexual preferences or um, fetishes that involve, like, consensual, non-consent sex, and I'm all for it. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, that can be treated lightheartedly, and it can be enjoyed by people. It's just I don't enjoy jokes about it, like I said, where people don't see it as an actual issue, if that makes sense. I think that makes total sense. And one thing that I'm hearing from you that I've noticed myself is the issue 
that I take with this particularly is the people who joke about it are often people that haven't been exposed to it and don't understand the volatility of the statements that they're making. Yes. And as a sexual assault survivor myself, I understand that there is a line where these boys don't understand what they're projecting. Yeah. And that's something that it's upsetting and sometimes also incurs my wrath. Okay. Because I've coexisted with these people. I've played video games with them. It's incredibly toxic. Um, but it's something that we as men are not taught as boys. That there's a an element to the human experience that we're not exposed to as often as other people. And as we bring these things up and we project them out into social experiences, we need to be aware of the effect that we're having. Mm-hmm. And because these guys have lived very closeted experiences they don't understand the damage that they can potentially do just by making a joke yeah so would that be your answer to that question as well or do you have i think it can be joked about but only in ways that are it's a very sensitive subject but i think that there are ways to do it that are also considerate and it's one of those things that we could talk circles around it all day it wouldn't be until i heard the actual experience yep. and be like yeah that wasn't that wasn't the problem that was fine yeah um but it's it's real easy to hypothesize around mm-hmm. yeah i agree until you hear it it's like hard to say generally speaking i feel like it wouldn't be the best topic to joke about but i'll never tell somebody that they can't joke about something because laughter is like my favorite thing ever i always want to be laughing so if Someone can turn a really dark subject into something that makes me laugh. I'm all for it. But I think that's a difficult one to achieve. All right. Um, Icebreaker. If you had to cancel one major holiday, which one would you eliminate? Hmm. Columbus Day is too easy of a pick. Yeah, and I feel like that's already been kind of eradicated. Yeah. Um... I'd kill Valentine's Day. Really? I would. Why? I would because I think it's unfair to the people who have either chosen not to partner or do not have the opportunity to partner to project it on all of them. Hmm. I think that romance is something that should exist in every day and it shouldn't just be uh, isolated to one out of 365 days where the expectation is placed on everyone. Okay. I... Honestly, I don't want to say never thought of it that way because I like obviously I've been single for Valentine's Day and I realize it sucks. And you're right. There are people who can't be in romantic relationships or choose not to be for maybe a serious reason or not. Um, And then it it just puts a lot of pressure on them and makes them feel ways that they probably shouldn't. So, yeah, I've never... I guess maybe because I've never been asked if I could eliminate a holiday, which one would it be? So I've never really given it much thought. But, yeah, I guess that's a good one. I'm not going to lie. Like, if I do celebrate it in some way, shape, or form, like, it's nice. But, like you said, love and romance should be shared all of the time. And in the last two months, you've done a pretty good job of that. So... Every day's Valentine's Day here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Every day's roast day, too. Yeah, no, absolutely fucking is. I may need one day <laughs> out of the 365 where you're not allowed to roast or be mean to Well, me. I'm sure you'll be going home at least one day this week. So you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, your turn. Ooh, 
Would you rather be able to change the past or see into the future, and why? See into the future, easily. Um, as much as some of my past has absolutely sucked, um, it got me to where I am. Cheesy, I know. Um, but I've also learned a lot from those shitty instances, um, so I wouldn't want to change anything. And I think even the ability to see into the future, um, unless it's something like absolutely catastrophic that I can change... Um, and maybe make things slightly more pleasant for everybody. I wouldn't change whatever I saw either. It would just kind of be nice to have a clue as to where my life is going. Um, but yeah, I would say future over past. How about you? I agree. Yeah. Uh, I would allow it to inform my decision making. Um, because I think you could change the past ad nauseum. The future is still going to arrive. Yeah. Good answer. All right, I'm going deeper since I keep choosing icebreakers. <laughs> <sighs> Who was the last person to see you cry? Oh, shit. Um, Colby. <laughs> the dog kind of doesn't count, but that's fair. Um... I'm kind of glad I got that question to ask you, mostly because when we first started talking, um, I did have it in my dating profile. I think I've mentioned this to you guys that I literally put like, I'm a crier, like deal with it. And Bryce is definitely the last person to see me cry. He's probably seen me cry the most out of most people that know me by now, which is not indicative of how our relationship is going, just who I am as a person. Um, but I was curious to hear you say it because when we did have this discussion early on, you said like you do allow yourself to cry pretty often. Whereas most men are like, Oh no. Or, Oh, I only cry once a year or I'll cry at funerals and that's it. And I know you're a bit more in touch with your emotions. So if it was in front of a person, I would have been in- curious to see who it was. Well, but. And, and to clarify, I wouldn't say that I do it often. It's more that I, I don't have any inhibitions around it. No, that's what I mean. You allow yeah. yourself to do it. Cause, um, I'm trying to think. It was probably about a week or two ago. But usually when it happens, I'm alone. Uh, I think the closest I come to anybody seeing me may be like driving in the truck. Mm. I may have a moment or an experience where I connect with something and, and I allow myself to fully feel it. Um, but usually I'm not in that vulnerable space around other people because I'm usually forced to be the strong one. Mm-hmm. So when I have that moment of vulnerability and connection, it's on my own. Can I ask what made you cry a week or two ago? I couldn't even tell you, to be honest. Just a wave of emotions? Yeah, I don't cling to the memories. I just experience them. Okay. So it was probably just one of those moments of, like, acknowledging what life is and what's brought me here and how much pressure there is about where to take it next. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I definitely didn't want to make it sound like you were a crier, but more so, like, you made it a point to say, like, you just allow yourself to feel whatever emotions you have. So mm-hmm. it's evident that you probably cry more than most because other people try to suppress that. Possibly. Makes sense. Yep. Okay. Hmm. What is something about you that you think is important for your partner to know? Hmm. I 
I don't know. Like, what did I bring to the table in the very beginning? I'm, I'm trying to process the the question because now it's we've gone over all the basics we've connected over most of the mundane um the most important thing for you to know about me is that I'm (laughs) it is a challenge for me to not exist as a solitary person like to accept that I'm now including you in all of my future has been a big step for me because I just assumed that I would do I would do this in solitude Okay. And I don't know if I knew that about myself when we first connected because I didn't know that this is the depth we were going to connect to. Mm-hmm. But that's something that is good for me to check in and say is that, you know, this has been a big point of growth for me and that I'm allowing so much of my future to take shape with you in it. And I'm acknowledging how much different that is from what I had already projected. Mm. And I think acknowledging that even though we are spending a lot of time together and we are planning a future together that solitude is still important and achievable i might like to like even when we sleep so i'm not the type of person that says like we have to be holding each other all night like it's not realistic you get hot you get uncomfortable but like he'll roll over like when we are done cuddling and like part of me has to always be touching him like even if it's like just our pinkies so while I might be up his ass a majority of the time and I am here a lot um I try to make it a point to ask you like are you good like I try to check in with you and most of the time you've never said like I need time alone so I'm going across the hall or I'm going to do this sometimes like even today like when talking about going to Costco if he asked if I wanted to go with him I was like, if you want the company, like, I'll come. Otherwise, like, I don't have to. And, like, I know how important, like, just a drive alone could be. Um, and even the other day when you had to run and pick up, like, a bunch of curbside orders. And, like, you just said you were going. You didn't ask me if I wanted to go with you. And that's not me complaining. But I didn't even bother asking or entertaining the idea. Because at that point, we had been quarantining, isolating, whatever term you want to use, with each other for a week at that point. So, like, I enjoyed the time to just be here in quiet, listening to TikToks or doing whatever, and I knew you would enjoy that time, too. So, even though we are doing a lot of things together, I want you to know that, like, you still can absolutely have that alone time, and I won't be insulted or bitch about it. But, like, 60, 40. (laughs) (laughs) 60 together, 47. You've, You've made that very clear, and it feels like a very healthy balance. Um, and just you know, to share with your listeners, the the night that you stayed here with Colby, so I could go paddle out to the island and have a fire on the shoreline, that was everything. That was an amazing experience, and knowing that things were taken care of, and you were good here, and you felt welcome in my home while I wasn't here, was just as powerful. Good, I'm glad, and I want you to keep having nights like that, or days, or whatever times like that. Um, But it's also exciting to think of sharing moments like that together, too. Mm -hmm. There's a balance to be had, and I think we're doing all right with it. So far, so good. What is something new you would like to learn about or deepen your knowledge in? Mm. Being with you has made me realize that I I don't want to say I know very little, but I've experienced very little. Um, so that's a really loaded question. 
um, farming, sustainability, doing more things on our own, on my own, and not relying on big box companies or other people, even as far as just being prepared for things so I can go long durations without relying on the outside world. And, like, it might that might sound stupid to people or, like, oh, what do you mean? Like, you don't know how to, like, grow vegetables or do shit on your own? Like, no, I do, but you've shown me another level. Like, even just you going out to the store today knowing that we were going to have a bad snowstorm and there are like supply issues everywhere and whatnot. Um, that's not something that I necessarily would have thought of right away. Like I know how to prepare for like bad storms and things like that, but you just take it to another level and I'm excited to be exposed to that a little bit more. So I can also think in that same mindset. Cool. I look forward to having you along for the ride. It'll be nice having a second person to, brainstorm this stuff with Mm -hmm. so that's great okay Okay. icebreaker do you have a favorite artist I'm assuming they're talking about like painters Um, sculptors perhaps I think we've already covered music so we could stay away from that yeah I I've become disillusioned with the world of art but one artist that continuously inspires me just as a person is Alex Gray, the visionary painter. Um, His work was really important at a time where I was exploring myself and my consciousness uh, and it became a bit of a roadmap to my experience for a time. Um, But meeting him as a person and kind of feeling who he is and what he brings through his art was really incredible for me and the other thing about him is that he's kind of attracted this enormous community international community around him and who he is and what he seeks to purvey and I really respect how you know the universe does that when you become so true to what you are and you project it in such a way that it is clean and communicable and it can penetrate people's experiences like that that the power just attracts into it and to see how that played out was was life changing for me. Hmm. Okay. I wouldn't have predicted you actually had an answer for that, <laughs> so I'm glad that came up. Well, we all know if I'm anything, I'm predictable. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite artist? Um. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. No, there might be some pieces that like I've seen that are kind of burned in my memory, but. I'm always bad, even when it comes to music, um, attaching a name to the work of art. Like, uh, it's even hard for me to identify song names, but I can sing it word for word. Like, I'm just, I'm bad at making those connections. So I could probably see images, like, of paintings or sculptures in my head that I really appreciate more than others, but who they belong to is escaping me. And that's probably not good, because I should know who created them, but just not something I'm good at retaining. That's another thing you can change and learn about yourself. Mm-hmm. Your turn. Yeah. Just trying to figure out which stack I want to pull from. <laughs> which probably means we need to go deeper. <laughs> what is the most important trait in a friend and why? Hmm. Accountability. Mm. 
because I could say loyalty or being readily available, but all of those things are relative and they're not always possible. Like, especially once Kelsey moved from, I guess, New Jersey to PA, then PA to Maryland, um, she wasn't readily available. We literally grew up for 13 years of our lives five houses down from each other. Um, so we were always very much readily available. And we ran in the same circles. We did a lot of the same stuff together. So even when we were busy, we were usually busy together. Um, so things like that, it's not always possible. But she's still my best friend, even though she lives hours away. Um, but because those things aren't, like I said, the most reasonable or attainable, I think accountability is important because even though we're not seeing each other all the time, she recognizes that and makes up for it in other ways and recognizing that if she's not answering my text messages when I need her to um whether it's explaining to me why or just making up for it by making sure she carves out time like whatever it is I think being a good friend just means being accountable recognizing what you mean to that person what your responsibilities are to them as a friend but also just be able, being able to kind of juggle being a friend and also keeping yourself like not losing yourself in the process because I have been a friend to other people and I've lost myself being their friend um and that's not their fault it's mine and I didn't really check in on that so I think in order to be a good friend to me and for me to be a good friend to other people accountability is really important how about you integrity uh I think that with the relationships that we hold with people it's important to know that they're being their whole self and that I like the aspect of predictability that that holds like people can change with time you can be a dynamic person but you're you and if I'm choosing to maintain a relationship with someone over the arc of a lifetime I I want to know who I'm investing in mm-hmm. and that integrity is important to me Good answer. Um, deep. Who or what taught you about what love means? Mm. Well, I think it's fair to say that most of us have learned a great deal about what love is not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've learned the most from men who have failed and have told me of their failures the men who share their experiences and I do isolate men as the majority of my advice because I think for me the masculine perspective is a very strong one in me and that's one that I relate to deeply um, and I, I just think the ones who have loved and lost are the ones who are the most ready to accept and communicate the how and the why and how powerful that experience is. Mm-hmm. And I've learned a lot from, I don't want to say the mistakes of others, but from men who've been through that mm-hmm. and have been able to share where it all went wrong. Okay. Just throwing curveballs at me. <laughs> Not what I'm expecting at all. I love this. <laughs> all right. How about you? Um... I partly want to say myself because in doing this whole 
self-care journey, learning about myself and all of that fun stuff that I've talked about at nauseum. Um, I've learned what I'm, what I'm deserving of, what I'm worth. Um, and again, I guess I could say I figured that out through other people's failures, like what they didn't do for me and what I felt like was lacking. Um, so I would say I taught myself the most. Um, I didn't really learn it from my parents. Their example of love was not very traditional and obviously not the most successful because they're divorced now. Um, but yeah, myself and then to be cheesy and cliche, you, (laughs) you have just taught me a lot about what it means to be a good partner. Give me that goddamn hand. <laughs> He's hand. trying to hold my hand because <laughs> you can't see that I'm tearing up, <laughs> which just makes it even worse. Um, but yeah, I think I've learned the most from myself, and you supplemented that a little bit. Glad to play a part. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, choose a fucking icebreaker for, for my tear ducts and the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Baker Cook. <laughs> okay, I feel like you have to choose another one because we've already answered that. Um, I'm better at baking, but I enjoy cooking more. Oh, okay. Where's the un- most unusual place you've fallen asleep? Oh, gosh. Most unusual place I've fallen asleep. I, guess, I don't think it's unusual in general, but it's unusual for me. Um... In a movie theater. And I love movies. Okay. So, like, it's un- it's unusual for me because I hate when people fall asleep during movies. Um, I almost never fall asleep during movies. And um, I've actually done it twice. Once, I don't remember, is when I was younger. I think my parents said they took me to see a goofy movie and I fell asleep. I'm a child. I guess it doesn't really count then. Um, but I also fell asleep during... Some James Bond movie. I don't remember which one it was. And I don't remember why me and my friends went to go see it. I think we just wanted to have something to do when there was nothing better playing. And it was fucking boring. And we were in the first row. So we're right up against the screen. And it was just too much. I had a headache. And I fell asleep. And that's unusual for me. Um, I can't think of any other weird place where I might have fallen asleep, though. So that's it. How about you? I feel like you probably have some weird fucking places. Because this man... Loves his sleep. <laughs> Alright, so I've got one that stands out. Um, I was without a car, without transportation uh, at this point in my life. Um, and I was working with this production team. We were putting on events um, in the city. And I was living out in the county. So we would finish up at like 2 a.m. and I'd have to catch a bus home. And the bus lines in Baltimore just never really take you where you need to be. They just get you to the general area, and then you've got a couple miles in either direction you need to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was walking back. It was probably about 3 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning. And um, I had gotten to the point where I was too tired to keep walking. I had, like, a full pack because I had all my production gear. I had built a, a, a structure for this party that I didn't burn. Um, <laughs> But I had like a bunch of tools and, and stuff with me and I was carrying quite a bit of stuff. So I finally got to the point where I needed to sit down and to catch my breath and kind of rest. So I found this uh, maple tree that was growing next to the road. 
I went out and it had a really low canopy, like sweeping down toward the ground. So I went on the far side of the trunk from the road, set my pack down, and I fell asleep there. And when I woke up, I woke up around daybreak and there was fog set down in the field in front of me. And what I realized is that I had fallen asleep in a fucking cemetery. <laughs> I woke up to see the sunrise on the far side of the hill and the fog was woven in between the gravestones. And I just kind of sat there with my back against this tree like, well, Jesus, all right, <laughs> what a way to start the fucking day. And then hiked the remaining two or three miles home. I do remember this story, but I didn't. it didn't come to mind when I saw this question, so I'm glad you refreshed it. Um, that is pretty fucking weird, though. I mean, it'd be cool, but I think it's, like, eerie because you didn't realize it. Yeah. It'd be one thing if you voluntarily slept there, like knowing it was a cemetery, but you didn't. No. <laughs> Spent the whole night comfortably sleeping in a, a relatively open space just to realize that there were about a thousand other bodies laying there that had been there a bit longer than I had. Yep. You were not sleeping alone. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. um, that was your question to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. If a fortune teller could tell you one thing about your future, what would you ask? So slightly different than our other question before. Where am I likely to find the unforeseen opportunities that will give me the greatest benefit? Okay. What are the things I'm likely to overlook? Sure. Okay, that's a better way to word it. Your turn. What is the most important lesson you learned as a child? Hmm. I think respect others or treat others as you want to be treated is probably the thing I remember my parents drilling into me the most um, and probably the one that's benefited me the most. Because while I'm not a perfect person, I do make fun of people, I do lash out on people, and I'm not the nicest all of the time um it is something that most people who meet me could like if you ask them like tell us one good thing about taylor i guess um or like what did you like about it like you could just say like i'm a decent person like i don't usually meet people and have bad interactions with them i don't treat people poorly if they don't give me a reason to um it's boded well for me in, as far as work goes because up until I started working in my actual profession I did a lot of customer service um, and it was always a running theme is that I was very nice and I was very helpful and obviously being successful in those jobs has led me to where I am today and to the career path that I chose so I feel like that's probably the one that I could recognize as the most beneficial. There might have been others that like don't stand out to me as an actual lesson, but things that I just learned in the process of being a child. But um, yeah, that's the first one that comes to mind. What about you? Um, hmm. Probably the importance in, of enjoying what you do. Hmm. Um, like I said, when I was a kid, I had a lot of responsibilities. It was mostly up to me to keep the animals fed and uh, keeping the you know, the gates working, the, the doors hung, the barn functioning, and that was a lot to do for a kid. Um, but it didn't feel like work. 
because it was just where I belonged and it was what I had to do. So I didn't have that that space in life where like you become the productive member of the family or the you know you get your first job and all of a sudden there's all this stuff you're supposed to do. I always had that. Mm-hmm. So it was more of I had been productive my whole life and it it had felt like a calling or a sense of belonging and that was the hardest thing to maintain throughout life is that the work that I do has to have purpose. I can't just do a menial job that is, I hate to say this, but like something that doesn't feel like a calling. Mm-hmm. I've tried that and it's horrible for me. Um, so it, it's finding ways to enjoy what you're investing in. Okay. And uh, I guess that, that's a pretty big thing to learn as a child, but it, you know, what it contrasts against my adult life, it's pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. Is this me or is this you? I've lost track. It's you. No, it's me. I lied. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) If you had the talent to play in any professional sport, which would you choose? Mm. I want to say I know the answer to this one. I want to read that one more time. If I had the talent to play in a professional sport. Um... Hmm. That's hard. I'd probably say rugby. Hmm. Only because I feel like if I could play rugby, I could do fucking anything. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Having funny. that talent in life would be incredible. Okay. Cool answer. Do you have one? Mm. I if. I have some of the talent, but obviously not enough because I didn't pursue it or the opportunity wasn't presented to me. But volleyball, I wouldn't want to do something for the money. Like, I feel like most people would be like, oh, football or basketball because, like, you make millions of dollars. But if I had the talent, I would like to be able to just play volleyball again and enjoy it and be better at it and travel because of it. It is a fun fucking game. Yeah, it's really I fun. It that. I miss it a lot. Um, but I think if I was better at it, I would have stuck with it. Or if I didn't have shitty coaches. But that's a story for another day. I'll take some blame. But it wasn't all me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, so that was me. Now, now it's you. you have to pick one that I can steal. Okay. Me? <laughs> all right. What's something you do regularly to nurture positive feelings within the relationship blowing it doesn't count <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if they heard that or not um, wait I need to read this <laughs> what's something you do regularly to nurture positive feelings within the relationship I feel like this is something you should answer for me like I know what I would try to do but I don't know if it's necessarily successful I mean, you very clearly commit acts of service on a regular basis without me asking or yeah. even... I, I don't even know if you're aware that you're doing it, but that's your default setting. Yeah, and we had a good conversation about this the other day. Um, that acts of service is definitely my giving love language. Um, and I think you kind of set it as like a recognition point for yourself, but I had a conversation with Kelsey after that that kind of made me reflect on it too I think it's because that's what I saw my mom doing that was her way of contributing because I mean she didn't have a career she just worked jobs here and there and she was unemployed for a decent chunk of our time um 
growing up and then in Tom's River. So her contribution was cleaning the house and doing the laundry and folding the clothes and ironing and all of those stereotypical like womenly house duties um so i saw her doing it and i just assumed like that's what i should do or that's what would make somebody happy and i do think it makes you happy it's less that you have to worry about and you can focus on your job and things like that but um yeah i guess that just sounds so silly when i read it in terms of like something you do to regularly nurture positive feelings like i don't when I do, I think this is where you say, like, I don't recognize it. When I do it, I'm not saying, like, oh, I'm doing this, like, because I want him to love me more and be happy. Like, I just do it by default, and I know it's going to be helpful. So that wouldn't be my answer to the question, albeit true. Um, fuck. I don't know. Do I, do I nurture positive <laughs> feelings in this relationship? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, guys. <laughs> This is going to be the end here. You're witnessing it firsthand. I, okay. So this is something maybe you would agree with me. Um, more physical touch. Even though it seems like this is something that I've always liked because I, it, maybe, because I do it so much. Like the sleeping example that I gave. This is not something that I have done in previous relationships. I'm not a hugger or a cuddler. Like we'll hold hands in like the truck if we're driving together. Um, or like hug or graze each other like when we're passing each other in the kitchen like that's not things that I thoroughly enjoy but I know physical touch is one of your love languages so I've come to love it but also try to feed into it as well and see the thing that's funny to me is that in the beginning I never would have guessed that this wasn't something that you had done before because it seems so natural to you that in our relationship you've been very affectionate there has been a great deal of physical touch coming from you unsolicited and I think that's interesting to me that you've created this dynamic shift in what you project and how you portray your affection mm-hmm. and I think that's quite telling yeah I think so and I, I I think I actually just said this to you well no maybe not maybe I thought it I don't know like I actually said it out loud but like I feel because it's not something I've ever done before I think because it wasn't something that my partners wanted from me nor was it something I was terribly comfortable with because there wasn't a lot of physical affection in my family um I feel like I'm annoying when I do it so the whole me wanting to like touch your back or your arm while we sleep or me reaching for your hand if we're sitting in the car I feel like those things are annoying even though I know logically in the logical part of my brain it's something that you enjoy because it is a love language of yours does that make sense of course so and you also have a default setting of thinking that you're bothering somebody yeah just by taking up space and being a valid person with feelings and needs and expressions and that's something we've also (laughs) discussed yeah (laughs) um I want to ask this twofold. So what's something you think I do to regularly nurture positive feelings, but what's something you feel like you do? Okay. Well, I already told you the yeah. the one, but apparently I'm wrong. No, no, no. That's not... <laughs> it's not that it's wrong. I just didn't... I didn't feel like that would be the way I answered the question, if that's how you feel like. Like, if the acts of service is I see. something you think, then that's a fair answer. You're not wrong. <laughs> So I think it comes back to that little bit of conversation we had before about how you consistently try to make space for my needs within the relationship, Um, making sure that I get that solitude, that I get that quality time with myself and that introspective journey space. And um, 
I think it's something you do magnificently. And I think part of that is because you're maybe a little more used to tiptoeing around someone else. And uh, the important part to me is that we're also doing that for you, that we're fulfilling your wants, your needs. And I try to make it a point to ask you what you want when even most of the time you don't have an answer. (laughs) (laughs) Always ask me, what do you want to eat? Or are you hungry? Do you want to eat? Do you want to do this? I'm just like, whatever you want to do. Well, it's not just food either. <laughs> no, no, no. It, what do you want to do today? Do you want to yeah. go here? Do you want to go there? I just, I usually just leave it up to you. And it's not that I don't have wants and desires and things that I would like to accomplish together, but I am used to putting other people's needs before mine. Um, so what's, if you were read this question, if you got this question, how would you say you regularly uh, nurture positive feelings? Hmm. So I try to invest in our communication both in strategy and in the the developmental side of how we perceive ourselves as individuals and in the relationship. One of the things that I've noticed with you is a lot of your negative self-talk, um, some of the things you seem to struggle with and to try and ask more questions about how you perceive yourself and why you perceive yourself that way in order to structure my support for you in improving your self-image and improving your sense of confidence and finding things about yourself that you love as much as I love you. Mm. I would, if I was to answer for you, that's, I wouldn't have said it as eloquently, but that's probably (laughs) what I would have said for you as well is like, Whenever I, like you said, any kind of negative self-talk or even like if I react poorly to something that you say, so like if I get offended or I get hurt and it's not even something that would warrant that kind of response, it's just how I took it. You want to figure out why I took it that way, what my thought process was. And you're not necessarily going to change what you said. You're not going to be like, oh, okay, well, I take it back or that's not how I meant it. Like you don't try to tiptoe around me. You just cut to the chase and you want to figure it out and not make it better because sometimes it's not going to be better but just to understand it more and that's pretty awesome that's definitely a positive for sure icebreaker time (laughs) oh man shit almost got serious for a minute (laughs) god forbid um what is i don't want another music one this song this question is what's your favorite song of all time Unless you feel like answering this, I would like a different one. Because we mm. talked about our happy songs and bands that we like. Yeah, skip it. Okay. Can you play any instruments? I know this one, I think. How well does one have to play in order to say they play an instrument? I think if you can play a song or a good chunk of a song okay. on an instrument because i often say no okay um the reality is i have a fair familiarity with guitar uh drums not necessarily a full kit um i played in an orchestra in middle school um but i've i've got familiarity with a lot of different percussion instruments i, I mentioned guitar i've played bass i've played acoustic i've played some electric Um, I'm familiar with the piano up to a point Uh, I can play an ocarina I can play a recorder 
What is um, an ocarina? An ocarina. So this Zelda instrument, the little thing, the pan flute that he plays. Okay. That's an ocarina. Well, so I... it's a little clay flute. Okay. Um, and somebody out there is gonna pick me apart for calling it a flute, but that's the best I can do. <laughs> no, you need to explain it in layman's terms um, to me. That's sufficient. One of my favorite instruments to play, and I can't say I'm particularly great at it, but it's just so much fun, is to play a marimba. I don't um, know what that is either. It's, it's a... It's laid out like a piano where you have keys, but instead of like playing a piano, it's a percussive instrument, so you're ringing the keys with mallets. So like a xylophone? Yes, but with wooden tones. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to play. Um, But yeah, I can play those instruments. The only thing I can play songs is probably a guitar. Um, Piano, I've only wrote things. I've never learned to play anything. You could write music? I mean, I I arrange things. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Your turn. Shit. (laughs) Wait, do you play any instruments? No, I literally played the xylophone in like fifth or sixth grade because we had to choose an instrument and that's the only one someone hadn't chose. Gosh. Um, But no, I'm I'm not fluent in any instrument. I will some say some of these uh, icebreakers are fairly fucking tame. Mm. Go out or stay in. Okay, that's very tame. I am choosing the icebreakers often because like I want like a cheeky one, and we're just not getting them. Um, go out or stay in. Honestly, with how much we've stayed in recently, <laughs> I've said this to him so many times in the past like two weeks. I just want a date night. I just want to go out and have dinner. <laughs> like that's it. Um, but generally speaking, I would choose stay in. And I think stay in is like kind of pigeonholing it. I would just choose more low key things. I don't need to go out to clubs and parties and see all of these people and do all of these things. Um, I would be fine doing things, but in like isolation, like just myself or just us, like it doesn't have to be this big extravagant thing. Mm. So short answer, stay in, I guess. Well, one of the things I like, and we did a little bit of this in quarantine, is to have an active day and then a restful, recuperative night. Yeah. It's like, go out, do something fun during the day, go to a park, go for a hike, go fly the drone while you laugh at me, Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then come back and have our quiet, warm evening, food at home, comfort, closeness. Yeah. And that, to me, is like an ideal day. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. I like it. I'm choosing from the middle of the icebreaker deck. Maybe that's where it is. Yeah, I was wondering, did you shuffle these at all? Nope. Yeah, okay. All right. It's my fault we're getting boring questions, guys. Super. Oh, this isn't a good question for you because you literally just said you curtailed your drinking. Beer, wine, or cocktail? I mean, that's still a valid question. Cocktail. Yeah, and I knew that would be the answer. I'm trying to think of what... You ordered some kind of margarita on our first date, right? Well, yeah, but that's because we were at a chain restaurant and they really yes, didn't have shit. Yes, but then when we went to the nice, the nicer seafood place in Asbury, you still ordered a cocktail, but I don't remember what that was. That was rum. But it wasn't straight rum. It was no, a rum no, cocktail. It was, it was rum and something, but the rum is what counted. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> um, what is the last thing you do before bed? And I have a name. <laughs> I'm just like, wait, what? Um, okay, so aside from you, <laughs> um, 
guess the last thing I do, I take my birth control. That's almost definitely the last thing yep. I do before bed. Because I don't always check my phone before bed. I don't always put on face cream or do whatever. Um, but I always take my birth control before bed. What about you? I feel like we spent so many nights together that I should know this, but you just literally I don't. fall asleep. There, at the is, there is no rhyme or reason to how my no. night unfolds. Um, you also don't have the most solid routine. As no. much as routine benefits you, it just doesn't happen. I, I put my gun on the nightstand. That's pretty much the closest. Yeah, or make sure it's there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fair. That's the closest I get. Okay. Um, that was... No. Was that my question or your question? I don't fucking remember. <laughs> Case in point, people. <laughs> no, I... I, you, I pulled that. Yeah, no. you just... Did I? Yes. <laughs> I think so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's getting late. It's like 1 a.m. right now. Um, well, while we're recording and not while you're listening. No, I'm not doing another music one. <laughs> Fuck it. No. Okay, Are so the, the one I skipped over was old music or new music. I already said we're not talking about music anymore. And my next question was, work to live or live to work? We've literally talked about work and living in excess. Yeah. I feel like that's answered is. already. Fuck it, I'm going deeper. <laughs> Icebreakers suck. All right. What are your parents' or family's opinions about having kids? That's such a weird way to word it. I guess their opinions about you having kids? Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, I'm gonna skip that one. But I, I mean, I also, if you ask me that, I don't think I'd have it. I like, I think my mom would probably want grandkids, but I think she knows that like they're probably gonna have four legs and a tail. Yeah, I mean, dogs. At this point, I'm not talking about mutant children. I'm more concerned about having quality time with my parents before they leave this world than I am about them having a connection with you know future generations. Yeah, because we're still working on our own connections. Uh huh. (laughs) I think that's that's the most important part. Is if they if I can glean any part of their wisdom before they go, I could pass that on later. Yeah. But the reality is, we're running out of time, people. (laughs) No, absolutely. So that's where I'm coming from. That's fair. Win the lottery or have 10 years longer of life and why? Win the lottery. Hands down. That might be a controversial answer, but I do think that money would solve a decent amount of the the struggles that I'm going through. That also sounds super shallow. But money is an obstacle for a lot of people. If we're talking about building a farm or having a life together, like, these things cost money and if they don't originally cost money it'll cost you money down the road and so forth and so on and i think in order to make the most of the time that i do have having more money would be helpful um because i think honestly when i'm gonna go i'm gonna go and i don't know that prolonging my life 10 years would necessarily make it better um so yeah lottery yeah, I'd much rather enjoy my 40s than live through my 90s. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you have to work less, probably, depending on how much we're winning in said lottery. Well, and most of it's just going to be, like, sustainable income. You're going to get a certain payout every month or yeah. every year. So it's not like you're going to get $30 million next week, but it's more of it takes the pressure off. Yeah. Exactly. I like it. Okay. Um, going deeper. I 
feel like this is okay. So we made the disclaimer, or maybe I didn't, but I talked to you about it that the instructions claim this is for couples who have been together longer, and I feel like this might be one of the ones that doesn't apply to us. Okay. But it also kind of does. Uh, between us, who makes more of the decisions? We did kind of just say that. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I can. <laughs> it's not that I can't decide, I just choose not to. Yeah. Well, and so much of our time together centers around my home. True. And that does play a big part in the decision making. And I've, I mean, granted, I moved into this place with you. Yes. Like that's, it was really interesting how all that aligned that we became, uh, you know, an item as I was moving into a new apartment. Mm-hmm. So I brought you in on the design. I it inspired me a lot. Like I didn't plan on going with, you know, charcoal flat walls. It fucking clicked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the aesthetic was inspired by your presence, and I've included you in a lot of things. But the the reality here is that this is my space. It's my life, and I've brought you into it and invited you so deeply. Mm-hmm. So maybe one day you'll be bringing me into your space. Probably not, though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be realistic. Wherever we go from here, it's going to be together, I think. Maybe. I do hope so. Oh, shit. This is a good one. Be able to speak to animals or know all the foreign languages and why? Oh. See, I see the long-term benefits of being able to speak all of the languages. Obviously, that would make me a huge asset with any company for any number of reasons. Even if I don't know what the company does, um, being able to speak every language would just make me a shoe in um so that would be nice and it would just be nice to know that wherever i travel because traveling is something that i think we would like to do um or i would just like to do even separate from you i would have an upper hand i would be able to get around places and that's very beneficial but staying true to myself and the things that i love so dearly being able to, right, it was being able to talk to animals. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who, what? Yes. I would love to turn to Colby right now and be like, dude, we gotta talk. Why do you cry so much? What do you need from us to feel more loved? I could have years long conversation with Guinness if I have that much time with him. Um, and I could talk to a prairie dog and convince it to make it seem like it's going to be a useful addition to our farm. So, I, long answer, short. I would rather be able to speak to animals, but I do know that the more beneficial answer would be the languages. Uh, you? Although I feel like you're going to choose the languages, right? Nope. Really? Definitely not. You would want to speak to if animals? If I could speak to animals, all associations with humans would become elective. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the social interaction you need. That's it. Because, okay. I mean, at that point... I wouldn't need to speak like if say we're abroad if we're in Egypt I can ask the camel if the guy's legit like I don't <laughs> true you don't need to speak his language to ask exactly. him only for him to possibly you can still lie get, to you you can still get a read on people I don't need him to tell me like yeah, exactly you okay. got it yeah yep. alright I'm surprised again but I like that answer because that means we could just Dr. Do little it up <laughs> it's you yeah um dude What is your creative outlet? So we've talked about things that you do to calm down or to relax, but 
how do you show your creativity? Hmm. I prepare. Okay. Yeah. I'll focus on something, some foreseeable event or shift in my life, and I'll do what I can to make sure that I have either the resources or some form of a plan so that when the time comes, I'm not scrambling to make that happen. Sure. I think that's a... I think that's very true. Like I mentioned earlier in the episode, you are a very prepared person. So, yeah, good answer. I think if you're okay with this, you're going to close us out with this next one. Oh, really? Yeah. She's giving us up on up on us, folks. <laughs> no, I just don't want to. Uh, I don't want to ruin all of it. We got so many cards left. We can <laughs> spread this out a bit. Well, I think this is a good one to end on. Okay. If you could script the basic plot for the dream you will have tonight, what would it be? Oh. This is going to fuck me up. You know how <laughs> you know how my dreams have been going <laughs> despite me manifesting a really nice one right now. I don't think it's going to happen. Um See what I'm saying about the self-talk people? Oh, <laughs> All right. So if I could script the basic plot for the dream that you'll have tonight, what would it be? Okay, so basic plot. I can't get too fancy with it. Um, I don't know. I'd want to dream about like some kind of vacation. Like I just got done talking about us being cooped up in here, although it's been lovely. Um, I yeah, I want to dream about a vacation or doing something really fun and special. Um, with you or just with anyone that I love. I don't want to be alone in said dream. I would like some company, but I just want to be doing something fun. Because most of my dreams, even if we're not talking about nightmares, we're talking about actual dreams, I'm not doing anything fun. They're just fucking weird. Like, why did I see my third grade English teacher at the vet? I don't know, but I dreamt it. Um, it's not scary or anything, but it's just weird. So it would be nice to have like an actual whimsical dream for once what about you i'd like to dream that i'm back in the keys and i'm free diving underneath the sombrero lighthouse and just lay on my back on the ocean floor and watch all the fish circling above me staring at the sun sparkling in through the waves on the surface hmm. i'd feel warm water It'd be a nice place to be. I'd be far away from all my responsibilities, and I just like the slow experience of watching life circle overhead. Okay. I feel like that's not basic. That's pretty fucking specific, but I'll allow it because it sounds like it would bring you a lot of peace. That's basic for me. <laughs> that is not basic. <laughs> Even for you. Um, but okay, so this has been Let's Get Deep. Like I had just said, we have a lot of cards left, so maybe this will be a part two. Um, if we don't record it, though, at the very least, I think us as a couple will probably revisit these three stacks of cards, and we'll see where it takes us. But I think we've learned a little bit about each other. Would you agree? <laughs> what is that smirk for? <laughs> <laughs> what? I think I'm going to like find another company that makes cards kind of like these and throw them in there. Just so we get some real stirring it up going. Yeah, I mean, some of these are a little disappointing, but I think there might be good ones in there. I didn't shuffle the fucking cards, so maybe I'll do that next time before. But 
We'll see Mother Clockers next time. <laughs>